All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the MVP, the Modern Visual Podcast. Joe Stevens, and I'm hanging out with the boss man himself, Luke Truen. How are we doing, LT? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, doing good, man. That's good. Doing good. And um, come up with an exciting concept for today's episode, which is basically um, called Sharpening the Pencil. It's going to be discussing the evolution of your business model, how to grow, how to find your feet, I guess, how to not be anchored down by things that aren't working, how to evolve and grow. And I know Modern Visual have been through this a lot, so it's something that you're going to be able to talk about with a lot of uh, detail. Yeah, I think with lockdown over the last couple of months, uh, a lot of business owners have had a lot of thinking time and I'm one of those and, you know, we did already have a few plans in place, but having all that extra thinking time has really um, cemented uh, for me a bit more our direction as a company and, as you said, Joe, sharpening that pencil as to, um, you know, how you operate. I mean, and you guys do that extremely quickly, you know, like obviously we're we're in that lock. Well, coming out of lockdown, let's say, like life starting to return to normal somewhat. Unless you're in the states, but that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you know, we're starting to return to normal. It's what would you say, month, six weeks? Stuff was a little different, a little crazy, time frame wise. Yeah, I think it's not so much crazy internally here, but just general. Like the entire country went a little haywire there for a little bit. Well, we've got to be careful as well because life probably does feel a little bit more normal now for most of society with us being obviously allowed to drive and visit friends' houses during the day and um, obviously go to work a bit more as well. Um, it is obviously, um, you know, sorry, there is still a virus out there and we've got to be careful that uh, we are vigilant still. Uh, it's a false sense to be honest, but at the same time, it does feel like normal life's back to where it should be. It does, and it's funny you say that, right? Because like, say you know, for a lot of industries, you know, construction, life never stopped, yeah. you know, you could work from home in our industry and, and it would be okay. No office space, but nothing really changed that much. And then you look at like, we've got a friend, a mutual friend and a client um, who runs, you know, uh, Australian Tattoo Expo, Sexpo, those guys still can't do anything as far as events and uh, conventions. Yeah. I actually so, spoke like, to Kev the other day and, um, you know, we're obviously trying to support those guys as much as we can. Mm, it's it's crazy to think that, yeah, some people's lives might not return to normal for a while. But, yeah, I mean, hey, that's not what we're talking about today. But I guess what I was getting at is, you know, everyone everyone really had about a month to six weeks of uh, downtime, I would say, where you were spending more time at home with the family, you know, yourself as the business owner, the brain starts ticking over that, hey, what, you know, we we got time here. And, and realistically, you're never going to have, number one, I don't think you're ever going to have six weeks off work typically of your schedule ever again yeah it, it was a really interesting time and something i've never been through i mean i'm still obviously young but it's you, not something i've ever young. been through yeah i'm not that young now we're both the same age we both got receding hairlines yeah bro, you know that. we're doomed in that regard um but yeah i think uh it was almost like a bit of a phase like when you first put a collar on a pet and they resist so when we first went into lockdown as a company and as a team you know we're all like unsure as to what was going to happen and uh, working from home overnight felt really strange and I guess you know now a couple of months on we're actually half enjoying it and it feels normal and um, you know even just coming to the office a couple of days a week now and working from home as well it actually is really good I'm enjoying it uh, so I think we're gonna really assess how we operate as a team moving forward and I think a lot of other businesses are going to do the same thing. Yeah I think that this is going to be a catalyst for change that has been a long time coming as in a lot of company structures are so rigid and you go in five days a week and can't work from home and whatever, whatever. But sometimes it takes a big force shift in, in perception to really look at, you know, changing tradition a little bit. I mean, this isn't 
the focus of the pod, but this is leading into it, right? So long story short, you get time to think about it. All of a sudden, you know, hey, the business is slowing down as far as we're just not going to the office every day. I've got time to assess the big picture. Um, do you think enough people have done that before we get into how you are looking at restructuring? I think it's industry specific, but I have been having a lot of conversations with, you know, people within my network and clients. And I think that, yeah, there has been a lot of people that have had that time. Obviously, um, people in construction have been gun ho as usual, but there's, there's some- I think their slowdown is going to happen yeah, a little delay. later on. You yes, know? yep. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, talking to a lot of people that are obviously trying to be successful as well, um, they're- they're in the same boat. They're spending a lot of extra time at the moment planning and putting things in place. I, I don't think the money disappeared as much um, as people think, but it's now sort of, I guess that consumer confidence is coming back and people are starting to loosen their wallets a little bit and they're looking to, you know, put the plans in action that they were planning over the last two months. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was ever as bad as the media made out. <laughs> But no, no, they're good at that. <laughs> they're, they're very good at sensationalizing, but that's a whole other story. But um, so, you know, let's take a look at, you know, the point of the show, which is, you know, sharpen the pencil, business evolution. Let's talk about modern visuals journey a little bit. And I think this can be somewhat of a metaphor or a guideline for, you know, people that are listening, because I think people think change, great English, yeah, I think people think, anyway, that change happens overnight. You know, that's instantaneous. You can just go click, we're going in this direction and this is what we're doing. And the decisions might be like that. I know you make a lot of, <laughs> you make a lot of fast I'm decisions. You are known for that. However, the decisions don't come as a, there's a precursor as far as uh, trial and error, years of trading and figuring out, you know, your, your clientele. And then when you service that clientele, you can refine what you're doing. So I guess if you went back to the beginning of Mon Visual, way back when, you know, you would have, you wouldn't have been able to see the HubSpot agency and the direction that you guys are moving now and the partnerships and, and all that. But back then, what was your initial focus? When, when we first started the business almost six years ago now, I started the business based on the skills that I had at the time. And that was a really strong skill set around um, web hosting and web design. Mm. Um, that's something I've been doing since I was, you know, a young teenager. And I obviously had a break in between being a young teenager and starting Modern Visual, but I picked that right up where I left off um, like it was, you know, nothing different. Obviously, mobile phones came out and you had to build sites on phones as well, but that was really the main difference. Mm. Uh, so from starting Modern Visual, it's quite funny because we've kind of gone a little bit full circle where we started out doing web design and web hosting as a business and then we saw opportunities that came along uh, that were presented to us and we had the attitude of we can do that let's figure it out as we go, which a lot of businesses do. And as long as a client gets a good service and you pay the consequences or price for, you know, having to learn on the fly, then, you know, it doesn't really matter because no. the client's getting a great service and you, you bring in people that do have the know-how. Um, so, you know, back, back to what we were saying before, how I do make quick decisions, that is what's got me to where I am. And if I didn't make quick decisions and figure it out later, we would not be in business where we are. And I don't think a lot of businesses would be where they are. No, I, think I that agree. Way. It's, it's basically, um, I mean, I don't know what the exact quote is, but it's like, say yes and figure it out later if there's an opportunity. And I've always gone by that too. And business is like, sure, it can be done then we'll figure it out, you know? Well, I mean, I heard about these guys um, on another podcast. I think his name might be Heavy D or something like that. They've got a show on Foxtel or yeah, okay. uh, the one of those channels anyway. They um, had an earth-moving business and this 
uh, friend's mum said to them, um, can you guys build me a waterfall? And they just said, yeah, of course I can. And they'd never done one before, but in their head they go, we're going to figure this out as we go. Mm. And they had to reposition the rocks for this waterfall up to 18 times and it took them weeks longer than they first thought. But at the end of it, they built a great waterfall and that became their most profitable product. Yeah. So yeah. if they hadn't said yes and worried about it later, they would not be where they are today. Um, so it's all those little chances, I guess, that you have to take and opportunity comes up all the time. You don't take obviously every opportunity, but if you see an opportunity and you can roll with it, then roll with it and you learn a lesson. If it's not for you, it's not for you, but there could be some gold nuggets in those opportunities as well. And that's, you know, complementing our journey. We've tried and offered different things along the way and a lot of that's been driven by our clients asking us to offer certain things. And we had this sort of feeling that we were expected to offer certain things based on what type of business we were. And we did that and clients got a great result, but on our end, it wasn't that profitable mm. or it was a lot of work for what we're actually making. Um, so. All right. Well, here's something, a little segue. They say that when you're, you know, when you listen to a band, right, they say the first album, the band emulates their, um, the people they look up to in music, the second album, they find their own sound. The third album, they break uh, headway in creating like new sound. There you go. You know what I mean? So if you look at it at, like uh, in regards to a business cycle, you know, say for you guys, six years in every two years is a, is a cycle. I think there's something to that because I've been around you guys long enough to know the, uh, you know, there's, I mean, sometimes you've recreated yourselves as far as a business model almost in a year just by saying yes to new opportunities. But it's safe to say like every two years, in modern visual at least, has been a pretty good cycle of change and reflection and growth. Yeah, and I always, you know, like you almost feel a little bit guilty in your head sometimes for, you know, it's almost like you feel like you're not doing the best for your clients. And that's something you always need to retain because it keeps you on your toes and innovating. Mm. Um, you know, you, you always, I guess, are... Uh, yeah, wondering why why you're not doing better, why you're not doing better, but you are doing something great. I and mean, the value you bring to people is quite high, but you don't see that in your own mind. No. Um, but I always look at um, yeah, the evolution of video and we've gone from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray to now streaming. You know, that, that VHS uh, player or inventor shouldn't have felt guilty because it wasn't the best. You know what I mean? So this sort of thinking yeah. constantly creates evolution of uh, innovation and if you don't have that guilt of thinking you're not uh, offering the best service at all times, even though you are, um, you're not going to keep improving and growing and innovating. So I always have that at the back of my head that we're not doing the best we can. We're not doing the best we can. And, you know, it might drive my staff mental sometimes, but uh, I, I think that's what, that. yeah, 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 that, yep. And that's what, <laughs> that's what continues to improve the business. And, you know, it's guys that are wired like me that I guess that think that way. And an extreme example, I'm not saying I'm in this league whatsoever, but Steve Jobs was an absolute pain in the ass apparently as a boss and as a business owner, but, and he was never happy, never happy, but that's what drove Apple to be the best products that they are today on the market. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, I think what you're talking about as far as a mindset is any business owners, if you're not thinking that way, I don't know if you're going to be successful long-term unless you're in a real traditional industry that's very established and doesn't need to evolve. Mm. I'd imagine there's some of them. I don't know, like, uh, dentistry or, you know, you've got to service people need and, when their tooth's falling out, they're going to come to you. I don't think every dentist needs to invent the wheel over and over again, but for any industry that's it's catching up with modern technology or pushing platforms, like especially in this space that, that modern visuals in, um, if you're not constantly feeling that little bit of pressure to 
to evolve and and like you said provide services that I think maybe this is the mistake people make right is that like you said initially you're providing services that perhaps you think you need to be perceived to be providing to be a marketing agency and a business development program yep. once that initial pressure wears off you can then find your feet that's right and I'll refer it to you know throwing items at a wall and seeing what sticks and mm. um, <laughs> that's pretty much what we've done over the years um, again by bringing in the right people and the right experts that know what they're doing so mm. me as a business owner I've been doing that but at the same time doing it in a safe and you know high quality way um, but again as I mentioned earlier you're doing that at your own expense so it could be through um, you know not profiting with margins as much as you should be to grow and continue to serve clients at a higher level mm. um, you know you might end up bringing in too many people to do one service um, and it's not you know not really helping the business overall but clients are loving it so you've got to really find that balance and um, sharpen the pencil as the topic says yeah, uh, or title sure. says um, towards you know something that's really specific and we've been on that journey I think this is good for a lot of people that are going on similar journeys or they might right now be offering a million things um, or a thousand things because they think that people would expect that or you know they don't want to lose uh, if something falls over as in like a service is less popular at one time and to be honest that's kept us going is the fact that we've had so many services over the years but now that we're quite a, a well-established business um you know we can now go right what are we offering why are we offering it is it really that important yes you might have to offer some things for marketing purposes because they bring people into the business for other services yep. but end of the day we now see ourselves as not so much a, an agency and we're actually specialising more in delivering and creating and implementing online platforms. Yep. Um, so we've gone from... Yeah, so know, it's gone full circle is what you get. Yes, as in yes. It started web and hosting based. Yep. Obviously a lot more uh, basic than where you're at now. Yep. And then you went through this entire evolution of providing you know, different marketing retainers, socials, um, EDM management, digital marketing, you know, all those different because that's a very convoluted uh, discipline as in there's a lot of add-ons that can just continually get uh, added onto a retainer or what a client wants like you said and you say yes 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 we can do it we can do it but essentially modern visual has gone full circle and now you're back to where you guys are now which is yeah a streamlined version of where you started almost well, and yeah and I look at my passion and deep down what I love and what makes me want to go to work every day. And it is those web projects. It's those technology projects, um, you know, helping businesses in a very impactful way um, through implementing, um, you know, new workflows or a CRM like HubSpot or, yeah. um, you know, automated marketing funnels. Um, it's that project-based work that I really love because, you know, I guess when you're running advertising services, they are great and, you know, it's good recurring revenue for a business like ours. But at the same time, you're, I guess, seen as a, a bit of a team member for that business and you have to ride the emotions and waves and peaks and troughs of um, oh, the client. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as you would remember. So, you know, I'm not wired in a way where I have thick enough skin where that's something that I want to have on my plate. Mm -hmm. um, where what we're doing now is project-based work where the client can see exactly what we're delivering, what the value is, and we do that and we implement it and we do it really well and then that's what we've delivered. Yeah. It's not this, you know, if we have a client for say three years and we're doing their their Google ads, their SEO, their social media, they could have a quiet month and, you know, we have to know about that. And that's just not something that, 
you know, I, I'm almost trying to create this perfect euphoria of a business uh, for my team and for my clients. And I think based on our, again, our passion and our core, core skill deep down, mm. this online project-based work is where we want to have because, you know, we get the best feedback. Um, it's most profitable for us to continue to grow um, and to serve more people and help them with what we do. Um but this is the stuff where, you know, I might do a whole day of work at the office. I'll go home and keep doing this stuff because it's what I love. Yeah. And I think, you know, relating for other businesses, if you're not doing what you love and you're doing it for the money, then yes, that's good. But as you as you do make more money, as I've learned, you know, money buys material things, which are great, but that feeling of joy that you get from that really wears off quite quickly. Um, and as long as you've got your, your health and your family and you enjoy what you're doing every day, that's the most important thing I could think of for your life. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think you hit the nail on the head there 100% as far as the money side of things and you can take on all these services that, you know, they're going to provide a lot more stress for you as a business owner. It's not what you're passionate about. And and I've learned personally too in business, and, and you probably back this up, Luke, but whenever I've said yes to a contract or I've said yes to uh, whatever it is, a, a deal, right, and it was purely for the money where I was like, I don't want to do this, but the money's good, there was always so much hassle that came along with it. Halfway through, I was like, dude, I don't even want the money. Yeah, Take the money back. I don't want to do this anymore. Well, I always say as well, like, um, you know, a dollar from a bad client is worth 10 cents. Yeah. A dollar from a great client is worth a dollar 90 or $2. Yeah. There's some sort of exchange rate there, but yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And I guess, um, you know, with those services we were offering, it it wasn't so much like the clients were bad. We had great clients, amazing clients, but we ended up having to ride the wave of all their ongoing challenges um, because they saw the marketing team as, I guess, the the be all or end all for their sales. And I think it was just a type or size of business we attracted. Like if we were working for very large brands for marketing, um, you know, they're very particularly with their budget, they know their KPIs. Whereas yeah. we, we seem to attract a lot of small businesses that didn't have specific KPIs in place or sales targets. Um, that was that was half the issue as well. I agree. I mean, look, I think, and, and I can speak from personal experience being here at that time, like at the end of the day, a business is people. It doesn't matter what, whether it's corporate, you're dealing with a CFO or an account manager or a marketing manager. They're just professionals in a business. Yep but you're dealing with that person. That's the relationship. I think the difference with the smaller business is you're dealing with a person that does everything. Yep. And I'm one of them. Yeah. Yeah. You, you are too. Right. And, and it's no difference if you were outsourcing anything on a recurring spend to a third party to do something for you. Um, if they're going to talk to you as the owner and you have a bad month, they're, they're going to hear about it. Yep. You know, there's no way around it. And you know, because, um, because there is no strict budgeting set in place and, and that becomes an issue when maybe they're spending money that either they perceive they don't have, they don't perceive it as an investment, whatever it might be. That comes with volatility that, like you said, you guys have, have moved away from now a little bit and you're attracting slightly different clientele and slightly different services with the portals and the web web projects and, and the bigger uh, projects that probably last for a lot less in duration than a retainer essentially you're not dealing with that volatility day in day out because i know the morale it can go up and down pretty quick when one client is just being emotional yep <laughs> which, they, which happens which ha- yeah you know? we all go through that as business owners and we have bad months and stuff like that but if we're engaged for a particular project well that's not really something that they would 
um, they're not going to put that to us you. about. No, yeah, no, no, they they know what we're here for, and you know we are still doing marketing, but we're doing it through the form of inbound marketing, which yeah. is project based. So we're providing specific assets and deliverables over a say six month pro- uh, pro- program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the client's literally paying off installments for that project. Yeah, um, it's not like an indefinite advertising service. Um, but I guess going back to um, yes, you know, bring this wh- back. What's, bro- <laughs> what's brought all this on, and you know where we're heading, and obviously. Um, we started to plan things, um, you know, earlier on, or sorry, later last year um, to, you know, pivot our offering and our structure and our model. And I guess COVID came on and that allowed me a lot more free time um, to really put all the wheels in motion and mm. um, put this new model in place around our passion and our most profitable services and the things we really love. And um, what's really important as part of this is really discovering what your unique value proposition is and um, who your ideal client is. And, you know, we obviously do a lot of work for other clients around persona development and avatar development and, you know, marketing your business in a particular direction. We, we always seem to put ourselves last. And, you know, it's always a case that the electrician's wife never gets the PowerPoint. Yeah. Um, that, that was us with our own marketing. I think, um, yeah, that's where we've sort of struggled. But now we've removed half of the services that we offered that has freed up my capacity as the business owner in a massive way to really hone in and improve the business overall, but also really structure out those um, services that we wanted to offer and are most profitable and most enjoyable. So Mm. that's just given me um, so much joy to be able to go and um, put this little model in place now that's so simple that allows our account managers just to thrive and not be bogged down in stuff that's a lot of work that's not that profitable. So the services we're now offering, we can do really, really well um, at a higher level. And that's not just the actual service itself. It's actually how we deliver the experience for the client, um, how fast we reply to emails, um, yep, yep. all those little touch points that really matter. We've now had the, well, I've had the time now to map all that out and simplify the business. So going from a simple business to growing and offering new things for a growth, um, you know, bringing in income. In necessity grow. sometimes, like oh, sometimes you, you need, like when, and that's probably a point we need to make. So you guys are listening and, and you know, you've been through this league. I've definitely been through this. Sometimes you can't say no. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need the cash flow when you're a young business and you're a startup. Sometimes you just got to deal with it later as far as, yes, this is going to be a good opportunity. Yes. It's going to cash flow me till next year or whatever it looks like. You just, I think have to be mindful that this isn't an end game. This is just a step on the ladder to where you are going. Um, I, I think a lot of business owners like myself, I'll be honest, you know, the ego drives you to think the more people or heads you have in your business, the the more awesome you're going to p- be perceived to the world and you know, you look more credible. And I think we did look more credible having more people around that when I started, Yeah. but that was me running at a loss and yeah. it was costing me a fortune and I wouldn't change anything for the world because no. You know, I've had a big team and l- had a lot of people very quickly. Like I hired my first employee after three months of mm-hmm. going full-time in modern visual. Um, I'm just the like yourself, Joe. I'm very wired much to be the conversation guy, relationships, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the I guess keeping on things from a top level. And that's how I'm wired. So I'm not the type, type of guy that will sit on the tools for eight hours and build a website. I can, and that's how I got started. But, but yeah. I'd rather be cold calling on the phone for a day. Well, you know, you got to double down your strengths, right? That's like yep. one of the biggest things that I, th- I feel like business owners uh, are sometimes afraid to do. They feel like there's a perception they need to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you got to have the cash flow to have other people to do things for you. But um, this is probably going to lead into the point I was about to make. So here's what, like, say I, I worked here last year, right? Um, 
I was here from July to like November or something like that. Um, I'm still here. I'm just downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I noticed a massive shift in you personally. There was two things that stuck out to me. Like we had a few conversations off the record because you and I are friends other than just working here. And we go back years and like before we were receding <laughs> way before we were receding well, I don't know I don't know maybe uh, yeah, you kind of always had a receipt going on I think I'm just born that way <laughs> but, too much brain inside yeah it is out. quite quite bulging um, <laughs> what was I going to say yeah you know I, I remember there was some stressful months here during that period probably because I was here but <laughs> <laughs> other than the fact that I was here it was a lot of the services you'd been running for a few years yep. I think before you were aware of it or perhaps you were already aware of it, they were coming to the end of their life cycle for modern visual. Like I could yeah. tell being in the business that, yeah. hey, this wasn't working anymore. It was putting a lot of strain on the team. It was putting a hell of a lot of strain on you as a business owner. Yep. Um, and then I remember it was a little bit before I left, you was like, hey man, um, check this out. And you showed me a spreadsheet and you're like, this is the refined business model. This is our new services. This is a new price and structure. What do you think? And I was like, wow, you've cut a lot of what mm-hmm. we're doing right now. And basically you said, yeah. And I think it was, you know, I don't go into crazy specifics, but we cut out a lot of, um, a lot of digital marketing traits, you know, that yeah. were time consuming and, and, and really volatile and not working for the business anymore. And, and we had that combo. Um, I, I left pretty soon after that. Um, you know, there were some staff changes. You, you decided to implement the strategy. Um, Flash forward to what are we now, May? So what's that? You know, I'd say it was, you know, six, six eight months, months ago. Six, seven yep. months ago. But since then, that first convo with, with when you show me that spreadsheet. And, you know, now if you look at this phase of that plan being executed, you've reshuffled your services. You've culled a lot of clientele that consequently went with that. Um, not in a bad way. It was just like the relationship had ran its course and that's part of business. Yep. Uh, and now, you know, you just putting out um, applications for, you know, you was putting on a new, uh, a second web developer, you put on a second project manager. We're hiring three or four people right now at the same time. There you go, right? And it's like the, so what I'm getting at is long-term, looking at you now and talking to you now compared to last year, you know, obviously I'm not in the day-to-day as much anymore as I was, but I can still tell in your just demeanor that you're a lot happier as a oh, business owner. Big time. And I think it's quite interesting because I've never associated myself personally with the whole agency thing. Like, mm. you know, not to bag out any no, agencies. It's a bit but of a taboo word sometimes. Yeah, it's isn't almost it? like barefoot bowling, bring your dog in. I guess it's all a bit la di da. And yeah. I don't associate myself with really anyone. I see myself as being unique uh, in my own sort of interests and stuff like that. But, but people want to pigeonhole you, like, oh, so you're an agency. That's it, right. It's and just like a word that gets thrown out. I, there. I mean, I, I changed our slogan probably three years ago to business growth solutions because yeah. I didn't want to be, you know, Modern visual, digital, or digital agency, agency or, or whatever it know, is. Because yeah. I, I never felt like we are that agency. You know, like it's just I'd never feel like I identify with being an agency, and I always struggle with that. And you <laughs> did know, you I ever think- watch that show Mad Men? No. <laughs> oh, dude, it's um, it's from like the fifties. Okay. And that's m- when someone says a marketing agency to me, I picture men in suits, <laughs> smoking cigars, and drinking whiskey, <laughs> and like they've got the the guy from Marlboro marketing in and oh like, wow so we're going to make you rich you know like, <laughs> yeah I think anyway, that's, that's the advertising industry yeah. but um, uh, uh, yeah the whole digital agency like you know if you look at a lot of agencies websites they they all look the same oh, they're it, very it's similar such a, 
it's almost like real estate where no one wants yeah. to stand out. It's yeah, very, correct. Very they want to similar. copy everyone else. And so in my mind from the start, I've always gone, well, I need to be unique to stand out. I want to be the purple cow in the paddock of black and white cows. And, you know, <laughs> calling ourselves an agency didn't, I guess, fit with that no. type of thinking. So it's quite interesting on our journey to now where, you know, we brought on HubSpot a couple of years ago and partnered with those guys. And that really cemented where we have an opportunity now to um, move away from the the revenue we we're making from, you know, the, the traditional digital marketing agency uh, services. Yeah. And that's now been replaced by, um, you know, HubSpot based uh, re- recurring revenue. Um, so that was, I guess, the escape we needed to be moving more into the space where we are now. It was almost like a bit of a, a path, um, a pathway forward or a yellow brick road. Um, so now, because of all the, what my staff call fluky sequence of, a, of events that have happened that have led us to a really great place, um, it, it's almost just, um, yeah, just put us in this great place. It has. And to, to reiterate to anyone listening that we're trying to help with this podcast, you're going to notice, I feel like if you're at least astute enough to follow what's going on here with Luke's train of thought and, and the insights that I'm offering too, it's very difficult to map out as far as, you know, with the business development, because you still offer those services, right? There is some business development services that you guys offer. Yeah. So what in a nutshell, what we're doing moving forward is offering project-based digital solutions. So websites, uh, intranets, portals, CRM enablement or installation, uh, marketing automation and funnels, again, all project-based. Um, so very much specific deliverables. Uh, here's the exact price. This is going to go for this long, this project, eight weeks, six months, whatever it may be. Um, so in some of those um, projects, are you still offering the business coaching with Joe and that sort yeah, of thing? So yeah, so that's a big part of that. So we're almost creating all the systems in your business. Mm. Um, so it could be like a project management system. It could be your CRM for sales and marketing. Um, it could be hooking things up with zero and stuff like that. Yeah. And then we're coming in and consulting around the change that would occur within your business to implement all these things. So yeah. obviously bringing in a lot of new systems, you're going to need to make some changes internally, culturally, your staff going to need to change the they do things so it's pretty important you have a business coach or consultant come in and help you with that transition phase and that's uh, that all right so that's got me to the point i was going to make right which was um for those listening it's sometimes difficult to follow the train of thought and and the consultancy and the business coaching can help that but i feel like as a business owner you kind of just have to know when the time is right and no one can tell you you know obviously they've engaged you for a new crm or for whatever this project is that that's going to be the catalyst for you to force the change on them because they're aware they need to to implement a new system but for those that are just listening and they're like well i'm two years in how do i get from from there to where you are at year six or year eight or year ten um you know it's very difficult to tell that business owner okay well you got to do this or you got to you know it's more of a you have to trust your gut on what's right for your own company and you have to have a vision for your company. I think I think the beauty of what's out there at the moment, there's so many free tools and, you know, really cheap tools, you know, $50 a month kind of yeah. pricing where you can play with all the tools that the big boys and girls are using yeah. um, at a lower level or a startup level and start to think like they would think, yeah. you know, start to put these systems in place with project management or sales or marketing or whatever it may be so you can you know that that's pretty um pretty good like that's not something that used to be out there um a lot of these systems like uh you know just thinking of one example like sap and all these sort of erp systems used to have to spend 
thousands Massive and thousands money. of dollars yeah, to yeah. even think that way. Otherwise, you were just using an Excel spreadsheet um, and you know Word documents and stuff like that. So the barrier to entry to think like the big boys and girls these days is really low. So mm. you can, you know, I didn't have any of these tools when I started. I, I had to do everything by hand and we didn't have a CRM and yep. stuff like that. So I think... If, you, if you're sort of new to business, you, you can start to investigate and put these things in place now just by researching online. Um, and then the systems can be upgraded as you grow. Um, yeah, yeah, I think putting that framework in place and I'll talk about, you know, myself quickly as far as getting this train of thought out. This is the third cycle for me of, of a business structure. And I started pretty much when I left uh, Modern Visual, I, I now started my own deal and the, the steps I've made already from the experience I had running two previous businesses and then the experience I learned working here, it is, it is streamlined the process of starting my business to get it to where it is in six months. Like this would have took me years. Well, it's a good point ago, you know? because before I started Modern Visual um, back in the day, I worked in a factory mm. as a printer and obviously what we do has always been my hobby and passion. So that's where my skill comes from. Um, but I guess um, I, I've never worked in an office prior to this office. Mm. Um, I'd never been in the True, corporate yeah, environment. You never in that at all. Yeah, yeah. So the way I was able to fast track, um, I guess, all this knowledge I've gotten, leadership skills, and how you know how to run a successful business it was through hiring people and paying them for the knowledge. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had a great um, experience with my coaches so far. I've had um, Joe Benson, who we offer um, through our business um, to our clients. And I also worked with Kamal last year who um, was absolutely life-changing on his 12-month program. So, mm-hmm. you know, this this sort of knowledge and experience, it can be fast-tracked by actually bringing in a coach and, um, you know, paying them for their experience and knowledge. And people that even, you know, there's a lot of these guys that have done really, really well and they're on Instagram hit them up. Like they are more than happy to see people do well. Like there's a number of guys that I've now become friends with that I've happened to meet that have sold their businesses for ridiculous amounts or are running really, really successful businesses. They're they're more than happy to help. Just ask them, you know, when you're at my point, what did you do to get to this point? Yeah, I think the barrier to entry and the barrier to resources and advice and coaching and everything in between, that really isn't an excuse nowadays. No, there's no excuse not to do well. No, that's a good point. I really, and, and especially- there's a quote card there for Instagram. Is, yeah, stamp that. Boom. <laughs> yep. That was that. Yeah, 34 minutes, yep. two seconds. Um, no, there isn't any, there is no excuse. Yep. And, and especially in Australia, like we're not in Europe, we're not in America. I, I personally believe that we are still in one of the best economies. Land of opportunity, they call it. Uh, it is. Straight up it is. I don't come from here. Yeah. I see it different to how people that have lived here their whole lives. And straight up, like, yeah, it costs a lot to live here. It does mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the world. It can do if you want nice things. Well, if you want nice things- Certain aspects of life cost more than, uh, you know, some parts of the world, but the cost of living is high in certain areas. But long story short, you can also make a lot of money here because people typically have, you know, it's... it's well, my, I mean, I started from absolutely nothing. Mm. So I was full-time employed uh, with a mortgage and a yeah. car loan. Yeah. And all I had was my laptop. And that obviously that's not going to work for every business, but with so many opportunities online for anyone at the moment... Um, you can start from absolutely nothing. Um, I, you know, I was in debt when I started Modern Visual, and fortunately for now, our, you know, our debt is nowhere near where it was when I started the business. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's all good debt now, um, which includes the house. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess there's no sort of reason you can't start a business, uh, even on the side of your full time employment, and transition and 
safely move to full-time employment for yourself. Um, well, it's hard not to sound like a Gary V when you're doing this type of topic where it's like, just, you know, work 12 hours a day, come home, <laughs> and then work another eight hours. And, and that is know. what it takes, but, but it well, gets easier. It, it is really, yeah. yeah. Like if you want to be straight up about Consistent. it, like you want to talk about sharpening the pencil, it's no different to, uh, they say 10,000 hours is the hour count you need to become an expert at any, uh, any craft, sport, whatever you want to apply yourself to. Well, if you're starting a new business in a new field, you got to rack up them hours. Yep quickly if you want to become an expert at it and and you know i don't know how many hours you've spent on the phone doing deals and sales and and putting these projects together but i would hazard a guess at six years in you'd be pretty close to that hour count oh i mean even that laptop i started the business on we still have that and my wife uses that um it's a macbook yeah um because macs last for a long time and i specced it up at the start um we still have that computer flying around our house every day yeah. and i get to look at it and think that this computer, God knows how many hours I spent on this thing. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Building it's websites, doing deals, um, you know, emailing people, um, searching for prospects. Um, getting rejected, getting getting deals done, everything in between. So I think that's, if you want to talk about sharpening the pencil, the more time you're in the game, you're going to refine how you do this. It's no different to a, a basketball player or a soccer player or whatever you do the more you play the game and this is the game. It's just learning. In. Like yeah. a lot of people look like they've been an overnight success, but they've either had a good injection of cash from an investor or their parents, um, or they've had another business prior and this is their new reincarnation. And it looks like it's an overnight success. Yeah. What's that thing? It took me 30 years to become an overnight success. That's right. Well, yep. And it's a journey. You have to go through this journey of, like I said earlier, seeing what sticks to a wall, um, going, hang on, why are we offering this stuff? Why are we even offering it? Um, you know, and you, you build up cap capital and confidence as the business and time frame goes by. So capital obviously helps you make better decisions because you're not as desperate for yeah, business. Yeah. Um, you know, we're fortunate to have uh, gotten to the point where we, we're stable, we're doing well, and we can make really good decisions. We don't have to say yes to every opportunity if it's not a good one. Yeah, you're not clutching at straws for growth. You, yep. you, can, you can be discerning in what you want to approach and take on. Um, and I think what you just mentioned there is probably another good thing that we'll probably wrap this up soon, but um, the startup business model, which people get very confused from from Instagram and social media on on like the startup and the venture capital stuff that it's out there. It's very glossy and shiny. But very it's American. Very American. It's starting to make its way globally, I'd say. But um, those are normally the loudest businesses you'll see in your face on socials. And well, they, they pay, obviously, a lot of these um, you know media companies to put articles out about them. Yeah, um, they're so, in your face everywhere. But so they look like they've been around forever, but they've been around for two months, but they've you know, obviously had capital. You, you can't compare that, that startup, that venture investment from a group say, uh, you know, let's not get too in depth, but the funding that that brand alone would have behind it. Yeah. The face of that brand looks like, yeah, overnight success, but the business model isn't always what it seems. And uh, just don't get too caught up in look, you know, some things look very successful very quickly, but you have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. You can't compare that to your startup where you're owner operated. It's just a different, completely different structure. Yeah, you can't beat yourself up and you probably would anyway. It's just part of the journey. But, yeah. you know, it just takes time. And if you're still, you know, fortunate like us and we're still quite young, um, there's plenty of time. And I think if you can make it to the five-year mark and you keep going strong from there, then the world is your oyster, really, unless there's some form of really 
uh, you know, other act of like an act of God or something like that. It's <laughs> yeah. gonna you can't control it all like a tsunami or something. Um, then you're gonna be fine. And um, yeah, you, you just don't compare yourself to others. And you, you've always got to have that thing in the back of your head saying, keep working hard, keep working hard, keep innovating, keep at it, keep at it, don't give up. You got to keep that there every day, every hour, every minute, yeah. or you get complacent. Um, but yeah, you just can't beat yourself up if you're trying to compare yourself. And it's easy to get in that trap. It's the same as, you know, like um, it's traditionally known that women will see really, you know, good-looking women in these magazines and think that they're not good enough. It's the same thing for a business owner, uh, man or woman, um, to think that they're not good enough because they're seeing all these flashy, you know, things well, you don't up. You don't see the real struggle behind it. They're not no. going to put out on their marketing campaign. Social media lets you look at We're running at a loss this year or, or yeah. you know, this this happened or that yeah. happened. And we probably had moments where we looked like we were flying and we yeah. were doing terribly um, or we were running it as lost because we were just offering too much and yeah. to too and many it's, people. It's very noisy and flashy, but yep. internally everyone's like, oh, these guys are killing it. But yeah. you're like, right, if only you knew what we're going through right that's now. Right. Like it's, yeah, but, but I that's think- part of it. But yeah, don't get too caught up in comparing yourself to, to other businesses. Um, and then furthermore, like, you know, I, I started my own business at what, 20, uh, 23, 24. You would have been... Well, I started my very first business at 14. Yeah, there you go. Had a very short crack at about 22, 23. Lasted three months and sort of threw it in. It just wasn't the right time. Yeah. And then obviously started again a couple of years later and did it properly. So like, you know, you've had realistically over a decade of experience in different ventures dabbling. Yeah. Um, I'm coming up on that 10 year mark. But, you know, even before then, there was always things going on where I was a pro athlete before then. So, you know, I was managing my own Motorsports. That's why we call you Pro Joe. That's it. That's right, you know. <laughs> but managing that side of life, you know, competing and, and you know, even if even though I wasn't running my own business, quote unquote, I was. It's just a different side of it. But I guess to bring it back to sharpening the pencil one more time, the sooner you start, the sooner it's going to get sharper. Don't sit on it and, and wait because there's never a good time to, to start. You just got to get it done and, and you'll figure it out on the way. I get a lot of people come to me, friends and family, and say, I've got this business idea. I want to chat to you. Um, you seem like you're doing well. I want your advice. And I go, cool. But in the back of my head, I'm automatically going, they're not going to follow through. No, they're not you going. know, you and know. 80% of the time they don't. And, you know, good on them for having a bit of a concept. But yeah, it's only 20% of people that I've found that have spoken to me that have actually gone and tried and had a go. Most people just don't do it. They, It's an idea. It comes and goes. And um, I guess it's not really um, strong enough idea for them. Well, you can tell. I can tell on people's tents when they say to me, hey, um, what do you think of this idea? I'm thinking about doing this. I'm not going to do it. No. They go to me and they say, hey, I'm doing this. What do you think? Or how can you help? I'm like, you can. Yeah, all right, he's doing that. Yeah, because he, he said he's doing it. Yeah, or she said she's doing it. It's almost it. like this weird thing where you're not even like <laughs> thinking about doing it. Your body just starts doing it, and that's when you know you're onto something. That's coughed then. Sorry. Hashtag no Rona. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It, it, if if you're gonna do it, you'll figure it out. Y- your mind and your body just starts doing it on autopilot. You don't have a choice in the matter, and that's when. <laughs> sorry. Mate, just a cough in my throat. Yeah, we're gonna have to get you the doctor, mate. Where's the hazmat suits? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you just end up doing it, and I think that's when you know, yeah, you're onto something. I agree. All right, well, um, I think that that was a good little chat there, Luke. I think, um, like I said, the train of thought you're listening to, you know, you're listening to Luke as a business owner trying to get out. It's not going to be a step by step. You just have to trust your own gut, and uh, you know, the business evolutions. It, it will come over time, but you've got to get in the game. First of all, you've got to get clientele and cash flow moving. You've got to be passionate about what you do. I'm just trying to re, rehash well, you got to, all you got to think of, as well about 
I guess, are you offering too many things? How sharp is your pencil? Yeah, is it too broad? You know, have you defined your cli- yeah? Have you defined your clients that you like working with that are most profitable? Um, are you taking on work that's not ideal? Mm. Um, you know, for the sake of it, why? You know, you need to ask why am I even doing this, 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 and this? Yeah. Is it? Do I need to? That's it. So um, reach out to Mon Visual. Uh, the contact will be in the notes of the pod and also on the socials that would have led you here. So reach out to the guys at Mon Visual. If, um, if anything that we've chatted about in this episode pertains to what you're up to right now in the business world. And uh, now life's gone back to normal. We'll be able to get these out a little bit more regularly. So that is the goal. And um, hold it to us. Fortnightly basis. We'll be coming at you with shows. So um, appreciate it. Thanks for time. If you're still confused about what we're doing moving forward, just visit our website and everything is outlined quite clearly on there. The new website live now? It is, but we're about to convert it to a new platform, but we'll talk about that in another show. Okay, yeah. Mm. That was a big project. Yeah, yeah. There's a few things going on and I'm pretty excited to let everyone know about the stuff that we're doing in the background at the moment and we'll release that in due time. Awesome. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Hit up the guys at Mon Visual for more info and we will be back soon with another episode.